Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email Tucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweed's Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products, accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweed's Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Alright, welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Trying to get my uh, sound effects gathered up right here. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Weed Day Wednesday is just, it's a hit. Uh-huh. Or Miss Cut a Show now. Hopefully we're hitting it. Um, see where everyone is in the uh, green room. Uh, and how's the sound out there? I never know anymore. So I just, I just kind of keep the show going like it's actually going and we'll just go. Thank you, Silver Sister. We have connection on all the work. How is Grand Island? Hot. I hear it's hot everywhere in the world. Um, Pacaville was like 93 yesterday. Like, woo. I mean, yeah, it gets hot, but man, it's hot. And uh, Grand Island got 91. Come on. What's going on? Open the pool. I'm with you, Ryan. Open the pool. Oh, you guys were all laughing at that, but everyone's like, what are you talking about? The pool's not closed. <laughs> they do in the winter. <laughs> Welcome to Green Day Wednesday. Oh, for the best, you May 27th. Happy birthday, Mom. And happy birthday, Stevie Nicks, yesterday. What, what did the people do? What, Stevie Nicks, what did you do for your birthday? <laughs> I mean, it's Stevie fucking Nicks. I won't, no, I won't think. Um, <clears throat> what's Stevie? <laughs> what did you do for your birthday? Stevie, call in. Uh, 646-915-8421. We'd love to hear from you, always. Um, and you can talk about your little uh, experience with cannabis that you love so much, uh, because we could just totally picture you taking a little tiny toke and it being all magical, sitting down at the piano, and then, you know, something like a landslide just pops out. Of your head, <laughs> right? Because we all just write landslide on it anyway. Oh, we love you, Stevie. All right, welcome to Weed Day Wednesday. Yes, it's my show. Cannabis Kid, where are you? Can't find you. Not here. Um, we are uh, just gonna chit chat today a little bit, read some news a little bit, uh, talk about our sponsors a little bit, and we are gonna listen to Doug find a whole lot of it. Yeah. We love Doug Fine, and we love his message. Gosh, 
uh, I need to listen to more books on tape, but this one's just fantastic. American Hemp Farmer, Ventures and Misadventures. All right, uh, so let's see. Let's give a shout-out to Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down and get certified. We're open. Uh, we did close the Super Sanitize for a few weeks and make sure we were cootie-free. And uh, we've got a really, um, really good process for um, checking in and out these days. So it's real simple. We're keeping our six feet and um, <clears throat> making sure everything is good to go down there. So come on down if you want to get certified we're, or if you want to just come on down for uh, CBD products or hemp products or just your uh, smoking accessories. You can come down for that, too, at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. And uh, let's see. Let's give a shout-out to some of our radio show sponsors. We've got uh, Canna Health Online Digital Magazine. You don't have to go anywhere but where you are to check them out. Canna Health is a digital magazine focused on knowledge, safe access, and advocacy with a monthly subscription readership. It's loaded with scientific and clinical articles from various healthcare professionals, profiles of cannabis clinics offering safe access to medicines, national and local organizations open to the public, and real-life patient success stories. It's free to subscribe, so don't miss another issue of Canna Health. Yeah, check it out. And all you have to do is go to our website at uh, tumbleweedshealthcenter.com to go to the radio show section. Scroll on down there, and you'll see a little logo for Canna Health. You can click it, and you also see a logo for Growers House, 3635 East 34th Street, for whatever you're growing. Um, I'm using some of their uh, their items, and I'm growing. I've got uh, arugula growing, and some sweet red peppers, and pumpkin, and watermelon, uh, and my salad mix uh, started to grow, but uh, come on, little salad mix, you can do it. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's like, pop the set up and it's like, yeah, no. Um, so you can also click the link to Grower's House, get some super-duper specials on anything from dirt to uh, hydroponic systems, fishaponic systems, which my neighbor got as a gift and is doing very well in her little kitchen. She's growing all sorts of herbs and things with that one. Um, you know, I think you have to go buy your own little fishy. And um, just come on down. And if you want to get certified, let's see here. Get to your certification section at tumbleweedsalescenter.com. Right at the top, it says book appointment. Click it, and you can book your appointment anytime online. We get appointments booked at like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 in the morning. People are up at all hours, and those are the people that need the weed. Okay. In Arizona, you can come down from anywhere you are, and what conditions qualify you? Uh, PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, HIV, AIDS, ALS, Crohn's, <clears throat> severe nausea, seizures including epilepsy, uh, HIV, Hep C, I'm going over a couple more, ALS, Crohn's, agitation of Alzheimer's, which can be a whole host of things, and it starts anywhere from not remembering where you parked to not remembering who you are, um, dementia, things like that. Uh, cachexia or wasting syndrome, uh, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. And you're also also eligible for a card um, if 
you are being treated and the treatment is causing any of that stuff, you know. So that you probably didn't hear like migraines and fibromyalgia and, you know, leg cramps and Parkinson's, but all those qualify uh, under the conditions that uh, I just read to you there. So check it out. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. Yes, and thank you again, everybody, for voting us for five years in a row for the best certification center. That really, really, really means a lot to us. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. You can email thctucson at gmail.com, or you can check out the website, and there's a little form. Uh, if you go to tumbleweedshealthcenter.com, I think on each of the pages, there's, well, at least on the homepage, I believe there's a form you can fill out at the bottom. Um and you can contact us and ask us any of the questions you like. So we're probably pretty certain that most of the questions you have are answered here. There's a news section, event section, which, you know, right now no one's doing events. So, so it'll get filled back up again. Don't you worry, folks. We're going to all get back out there safe and cootie free again. And now there's all sorts of, um, oh, there's all sorts of, uh, scientists showing that uh, CBD and, and cannabis may be good for this particular flu. Videos, you can check out all sorts of great video. My favorite, one of my favorites is the very first one on the left. It's called Leaf, the Power of Juicing. That is just um, a spectacular one. It looks like Sanjay Gupta, one of Sanjay Gupta's got taken down, so we'll have to fix that one. It says, sorry, this video does not exist. And it was Dr. Sanjay Gupta week three. He's done four specials now, so there's a little Cannabis 101 section as well, um, Cannabis Information, what's hemp, what's cannabis, how to use, and that's, these are just you know our opinions. We're not, I'm not a doctor. Uh, we do have doctors on staff that you can talk to. Uh, we have CBD for pets available, although there is a disclaimer on our store now that if you're in California, we cannot ship you horse products. Um, so, yeah, I know. We were contacted by the Horse Association of California. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, but seriously, if you go to the store, it's all there. Um, they don't. Uh, California hasn't approved uh, for horses, livestock, um, any of the the uh, CBD or hemp products to be used a, uh, as medicine. So, hmm. I wish there was a. I know there's a ooh, but I wish there was a hmm. You know, something like that. Anyway, there's a little bit about medical marijuana law. And where in Arizona you can use it. And there's a map of uh, marijuana laws for your particular state. So you can click that. It takes you to the normal site, I believe. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and then you can click per state and find out. Uh, let's see. I think Kansas is now. Let's just pick. We're just. All right. Ready? Uh, okay. So Kansas has conditional release, drugged driving. Legalized CBD, mandatory minimum sentence. What? Oh, medical CBD and tax stamps. So there's everything they allow, and and that little legend is on here somewhere, so you can read exactly what each of those things are, like 
tax stamps. The state has a marijuana tax stamp law enacted. This law mandates that those who possess marijuana are legally required to purchase and affix state-issued stamps onto his or her contraband. Failure to do so may result in a fine and or criminal act, uh, sanction. For more information, see Normals Report Marijuana Tax Stamp Laws and Penalties. So here's your little what medical CBD is, what legalized CBD is, what they consider hemp, um, what conditional releases. Okay, so conditional release for Kansas. The state allows conditional release or alternative or diversion sentencing for people facing their first prosecutions. Usually, conditional release uh, lets a person opt for probation after, um, or probation rather than trial. So uh, after successfully completing probation, the individual's criminal record does not reflect the charge. So there you go. That's conditional release. Or Kansas. So you can pick any state you want and check it out. Normal's got a great site. They have a lot of really great information. Um, all righty then. So let's take a little, let's see, what else did I want to talk about for Tumbleweeds Health Center? We're open six days a week now. <clears throat> we do have two doctors on staff Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. Very nice because we take a lot of walk-ins at that time. You know, the most probably you're going to wait is an hour, you know, and if you start to wait more than that, then just say, hey, I'd rather make an appointment. So you know, and in an hour, <laughs> most people have checked their email message, checked their Facebook message. I mean, they an hour, that's like a blip in their day of electronical. So, um, yeah, check it out. <laughs> um, so, here we go. Here's some news about Sonoma County. Uh, Sonoma County Dispensary celebrates Cannabis Beverage Week. Interesting. And I, I'm going to pull up some new news about the... Um, COVID too. The cannabis dispensary in Sonoma County, California, which is very close to where I'm from, is taking summertime entertaining to a new level with the launch of Cannabis Beverage Week. I mean, who makes this stuff up? I guess they do. <laughs> a virtual event designed to showcase libations infused with cannabinoids. I like it, libations. The festivity, held online in respect of the state's continuing stay-at-home order, uh, issued to help stem the spread of the coronavirus pandemic, were hosted last week by Soulful and participating beverage manufacturers. Uh, Ellie Melrod, the C- CEO and co-founder of Soulful in Sebastopol, California, said the cannabis drinks are a fitting choice for the dispensary's wine, uh, county cli- uh, wine country clientele. Of course it is. In Sonoma County, quote, we are lucky to have access to some of the best wine, beer, and spirits in the world, he said in a press release. Uh, cannabis beverages are no exception, quote. Soulful Cannabis Beverage Week was held in conjunction with some of California's leading brands in the sector, including Artet, makers of an infused apertif, uh, Can, and its sparkling tonic, cannabis beverage packet maker, Atlas Edibles, and Manzanita and Madrone, purveyors of Fizz, Natural Sodas, and Quickies and Quick Z's, cannabis-infused shots. Oh, I like it. Quick Z's, that will be for me. Need me some Z's. Virtual events, including Instagram live videos with Soulful and the sponsors. Uh, One installment, an edited version of which is available on YouTube, features Jamie Evans, a.k.a. The Herb Psalm, uh, sharing a recipe for a strawberry lemonade mocktail mixed with House of Saka Pink and alcohol-free cannabis-infused rosé with Soulful Test Capoy. 
That sounds foolish. It'd be nice right now. It's a very lovely morning. Laura uh, noted that as the anxiety and boredom of the ongoing quarantine take their toll on mental health, uh, many find cannabis beverages an appropriate way to relieve stress with advantages over other options. Quote, more and more people are turning to can- cannabis beverages during shelter in place to help take the edge off because they're finding that unlike alcohol, cannabis infused beverages leave them feeling good in the morning, Melrose explained. <laughs> this we know. With holiday gatherings for Memorial Day banned because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Soulful saw the week leading up to the unofficial start of summer as the perfect opportunity to highlight cannabis beverages. Uh, Melrod said that many parents sequestered with their children are finding infused drinks to be an ideal way to enjoy cannabis without being obvious about it. Quote, we're finding that with the kids being home, many people are looking for discreet consumption options. Cannabis-infused beverages are a perfect um, discreet way to consume, he said. <clears throat> Soulful Dispensary is located in Sebastopol, California, and features quality, sun-grown cannabis products produced by small operators, focusing on, quote, cultivating health and happiness in our community, quote. Soulful is currently open for curbside pickup and delivery to Sebastopol and nearby Santa Rosa, California. <clears throat> California. I love it. Sun-grown cannabis products. You know, you, there's a difference. You can see it and you can taste it. Every time when I go back to California and, and my friend shows me sun-grown, I, he, he opens his little bucket. I'm like, oh, I know what that is. And you can tell it's a, it's a completely I, I, it's a completely different plant that comes out from the sunshine. Not that there's anything wrong with what comes out of those lights in your bedroom either, kids. Um, I really like, I'm going to make a comment here, and if any of you all want to comment, did I even open up the chat window? Probably not. Are we even live? Are we still live? What's happening? Um, let's see here. Let's see. Chatting. All right. So let's check it out. Um, so they talked about small operators, and I just want to talk to everybody out there a little bit about the initiative uh, that's probably going to get put on the ballot. This year for recreational cannabis, and I know you're all sick and tired of having to go through hoops and jump through bells or however that goes to get to get your weed. However, I want you all to read the initiative for yourself because if you, if you small operators out there think you're going to be small operating, you're absolutely not. The dispensaries are going to have a monopoly on everything out there. Um, we don't even know if there are going to be. Uh, other opportunities for non-dispensary owners or future wannabe owners to even be allowed in the game. So please read the initiatives because um, I love the fact that this um, dispensary, um, and as far as I know, um, you know, when, well, I'm sure there's plenty in, in Sebastopol now, but I went to a dispensary in Sebastopol. They were off. They said like, if you rode your bike on Tuesdays, you got 10% of the offer. But the fact that they're getting their their products from small farmers, you know, small operators, that is so super fantastic. Total game winner. You know, everybody should have that opportunity if they want to get into um, the market in any way, shape, or form. Um, it, it's it's really unfair for any one organization to say that. <clears throat> They're the only ones that get to grow or dispense or produce, cultivate any of these things. 
Um, so read this initiative, kids, before you go out and just blindly vote for something. I mean, we should read all the initiatives that are that our people put out there, you know, because it's really, really super important. Um, and what is, what is this, May? Last day of May. June's coming up. It's going to be super hot. <laughs> Maybe I'll bore you all guys with it again like starting next week or something. We'll do a little bit of the uh, initiative. I got to get the new one. I got to get the latest one because they did change a few things. I believe they changed because the first one said there's no delivery. And people are like, are you flipping kidding me? Like there are so many people that depend on delivery. Um, and then I guess they changed that. So that's, that's one thing. Um, I do know there is the possibility for growing six plants. If that's important to, you know, that small sector of people, <clears throat> you know, including myself, I'd like to do that. However, um, I'd stick with the 25 mile rule and try and find somebody to grow for, you know, if you can, or if you live out in the boonies, you can still grow yourself, which is great. Um, so beverages, anyone got an opinion on a beverage? Because one time I went into a dispensary, I think I was, I don't, it wasn't Sonoma. (laughs) I think it was LA. No, San Francisco. I think it was, I don't even know. Okay. Now this is getting funny. I haven't been in too many in California, but so I go up to the bar and I said, you know, I'm going to, I just, I want to spend a lot of money. So let's have some fun and make some deals. They're like, all right. So the, the first thing they do, they're like, oh, come over here. And you're like, what's going on? They're like, oh, it takes you to the bong room. Ooh. So I hit this banana something, and I could barely even work my phone after that. And I was like, oh, man, I can't do math anymore. Not like I could do it before. So then I'm up at the bar, and I'm looking at their little menu. You know, they're handing me, like, Rice Krispie treats. And, you know, everything they're giving you is just full of wheat. And, you know, you're going to be in trouble or something. So... so <clears throat> Um, sitting up there, picking things off the menu, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. This is all to go, and they're going to wrap it up in little brown bags. Well, my bag was going to be really huge by the time I left. So they must have thought I was thirsty when I'm sitting there. I must have had a little cotton mouth or something because they handed me a little Slurpee, and I was like, oh, refreshing. This is fantastic, and I started gulping it, and I was like, oh, God, wait a minute. <laughs> this is weed. I thought it was just like, I'm like, you guys have some water. It's delicious, but I had to stay there a while. <laughs> and visit, you know, can't drive like that. Um, but yeah, so anybody, anybody have any uh, beverages? I know uh, Cannabis Kid actually really likes um, the beverages, and you can get CBD beverages, and you can get one to ones, and four to ones, and nine to ones. Um, so go out there and, and do a little experimenting, especially, well, I guess maybe those in California can't go out there, so. Um, they get delivery, uh, but try some different stuff, you know, try some edibles, try, if you haven't tried hash, try some hash, um, do everything differently. And you might find that you might like juice, juicy juices over, you know, edibles. Um, and you can get, if you can get your hands on raw hands, that's the best. so much energy um, that I have to be really careful when I'm doing juicing. <laughs> just, like, <clears throat> just raw juicing. So, um, yeah. You got to be careful with that. You know, be careful with everything. Like my, because first thing, that's why I bring it down. 
so good out there. I uh, hear we're cutting out a little bit here. Let's see what's going on. Um, let's see. What can we do? Where are we? <laughs> this is always a problem. At some point during the show, it starts to cut out. Cut out. Let's play commercial and see what happens. Are chronic conditions holding you back from a happy, healthy life? Get on the right track with Tumbleweeds Health Center. Our CBD products are formulated to fit your healthy lifestyle. I would definitely say that CBD has changed my life. I mean, I don't worry about my dog anymore, and I don't worry about sleeping anymore. Tumbleweeds Health Center, voted number one health center in Tucson, has created a proprietary number of CBD blends, each designed to promote health and well-being. Let Tumbleweeds Health Center show you how CBD products might help you improve your life the natural way. All right, so wondering um, how my sound is. I'm seriously away from the the modem network router, whatever the hell you call that thing. Um, okay, well, why don't we do this? Um, let's see if we can get back to playing a little bit. Of, you know what? We're going to play a song. We're going to play my very favorite song for the show, and then we're going to start Doug Fine and see how far we get. My house, like what up? I got some good pot. I'm just pumped up, got some herb from the pot shop. Ice in the fridge, it used to be frosty. My friends like, damn, that's a stoned ass donkey. Rolling in hella high, looking like it's pizza time. Dominating all my friends as I eat some chili fries. Draped in the smuggy with my girl sitting next to me. Probably shouldn't have had a big gulp full of ice tea. But shit, it was 99 cents. I'll be blazing and smoking it. About to go and get some munchies next. Passing up on those cracker jacks. Reese's pizzas are where it's at. Gotta get me some soda pop. Cotton mouth has been creeping up. I can't remember where I put my keys. Yeah, that's what's up. I'ma take your grandpa's ride. I'ma take your grandpa's ride. No, for real. Ask your grandpa. Can I take a 65? Deville cruising to my local Publix. Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks. They have frozen burritos. I bought frozen burritos. I bought some Ben and Jerry's. And then I bought some Cheetos. Hello, hello, my main man Obama. A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana. What you gonna do? Send the feds there? Hell no. The DEAs would be like, ah, oh, they got volcanoes. I'm gonna smoke some weed. Only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop. This is fucking know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco 
pharmaceutical prisons I'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers They making money day and night, all those motherfuckers And bribing Congress out of sight, all those motherfuckers They be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits And they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interests I call that getting swindled and pimped shit I call that getting tricked by the government That law's hella old so it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control. Peak game, look into my political telescope. Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't. Not hella won't. Hey Obama, stop being a hypocrite. You used to smoke weed, I'm gonna smoke some weed. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm on looking for a pot shop. right into some Doug Finisms here. So this is going to be good. We love Doug. And you can check him out at DougFine.com. Um, I just happened to download his book because it's awesome. <clears throat> and we're sharing it with y'all because you're awesome and we really appreciate you being here. Check out TumbleweedsHealthCenter.com for all your information about certifications and cannabis and um weed and whatever else you want to call it so let's see here i think we're i just yep here we go i use as a core principle and okay this is doug fine american hemp farmer adventures and misadventures in the cannabis trade here we go values as a core principle and business mo from cultivation to delivery easier said than done one recognizes but i think absolutely essential if you want your grandkids to have a breathable but trumping everything is that it's just so tasty. Under the 2014 and 2018 Farm Bill's hemp provision, each state's agriculture department has to establish a federally compliant state program until very recently, this meant my hemp work had to take place in states other than my own. Better than not cultivating hemp at all, while we waited out a governor who didn't understand hemp. Now my family is finally bringing it home. The Land of Enchantment launched its hemp program in 2019, and we hold permit number 142. When that permit arrived in the mail with my name on it, I was a little surprised by how much it meant to me. I mean, I'd already been growing hemp for four years, stopped for a second, then shook it off and took a moment to appreciate this genuine triumph. The war on cannabis was done, its legacy a trillion wasted taxpayer dollars and 82,000 citizens still in federal prison 
for nonviolent offenses. Now, I held a hemp cultivation document in my hand. When I bought the extremely remote 42-acre ranch in 2005, I hardly dared to dream I'd be cultivating hemp at home in 14 short years. I mean, I dreamed plenty. I believe farming, all non-toxic farming, is a human right. But I also didn't fancy an armed raid while homeschooling young children. Hemp legalization was widely considered a pipe dream back in 2006. Not one member of the U.S. Senate supported it. Today, cannabis and hemp legislation generally sails through Congress, and the 2018 Farm Bill hemp provision, introduced by the two most powerful members of the U.S. Senate, Republican Mitch McConnell and Democrat Charles Schumer, made hemp almost, but not quite, as legal as tomatoes. A long hoped for tipping point has been reached. Mainstream candidates now campaign on their pro cannabis record. I, alongside a few thousand others, and there's room for you, have the immensely fortuitous timing to be participating in the rebirth of a major industry. On the evening that hemp became legal again, with Julie Andrews temporarily back in the corral and feeding on hemp protein meal, I remember switching off the gadgets and strolling by moonlight down to the middle of the near-future hemp field. Besides the usual pleasures of being outside with human and goat kids nearby, I found I actually have to be in a field to really get a clear sense of how I want to plant, from crop spacing to watering strategy. Hands on hips, I surveyed the meadow. I would finally get to plant at home for my family's food. In a few months, I'd be able to see and smell the plants from the ranch house kitchen. Oh, how this made the old endorphins flow. It was a primeval feeling. You get a lot of those when you return to farming. The principal cultivar I planned on growing on our small home plot here at 5,700 feet called Samurai tested a part of a balanced breakfast. That evening, a touch of exuberance myself. Part of it is simply that working outdoors makes me happy. There's more to it. Our resident great horned owl couple began its evening date. Clarity in air. The clarity to know that no far off government is going to take care of me. And the clarity to know that in any endeavor, I'm wise to return an amount at least equal to what I and my family take. I didn't daydream for long. There was a lot of work to do. The hemp season had already begun five months before a seed went into the ground. I knew because I had just drawn first blood of the season, compliments of a strand of bear grass I pulled as I weeded a swath of cover crop. Farming tip, blood from any finger is an excellent source of nitrogen for your soil. Sure, the cut was dripping copiously onto my pants and dogs. Beats a cubicle. So, you want to be a hemp farmer. The farming year never ends anymore. Vermont and Oregon, 2016. Though the discerning listener will figure this out soon enough, I don't have all the answers about how to best farm and market hemp. In fact, my main intent is to explore whether the entrepreneurial modes I preach 
can be successfully implemented in the marketplace, particularly when the test enterprise is led by a fellow who possesses neither the door-to-door salesman mindset nor a particularly green thumb. My own hemp operation, totaling seven acres across four states in 2019, is just far enough beyond my family's personal use to edge it into the cottage industry category. Not that I'm ignoring the entrepreneurial side. I'm deep into the five-year slow growth plan outlined in this book. But beyond having a livable climate for my kids and theirs and theirs, my goal is really just to grow and bottle a product that I enjoy myself. That accomplished, I'd rather be floating down a remote river. Actual catalyst for my, say, hauling tail to Vermont in an ice storm to bottle product or dashing to Oregon to harvest hemp in the wake of a ho-hum millennial wildfire is I'm tired of pundits on any topic who spout at the mouth but never lay it on the line in the real world. The effort has left me sufficiently battle-scarred to offer some advice throughout the long and intense hemp season. If you are thinking of taking the leap into hemp as a regenerative entrepreneur, here's the first of the five things I wish I'd known before becoming an enabler of the hemp plant's ambitions. For those who simply want to enjoy hemp products and maybe learn more about what it takes to get them to their store, hopefully seeing what one has to go through will inspire you to hug a farmer. For a few hundred years, the farmer had a deal with society. When the crop was in, she got paid, and then she was welcome to head inside and mend harness, read, hibernate, or more recently, stream movies and eat popcorn for four months. But that deal is off in the digital age, at least if you want to be independent and make a long-term living. In other words, if you want to share in the retail value of the crop. Today, your work isn't finished when you're done harvesting your crop. It's just beginning. This piece of advice came to me from my colleague, Margaret Flewellen, who founded a company called Natural Good Medicines in 2014. She makes farm-to-table products in Oregon. In fact, I call this truism Margaret's Law, and boy, it sure would have been helpful to know before I dived into hemp. The 20th century farmer's work might not have paid well. The middleman made most of the money, and the conventional pesticides were often toxic. But no one was the farmer's boss, and any number of dollars felt a lot more than zero. Even when it was just a little more than zero after expenses, someone else turned the wheat into wheat thins. All the farmer had to do was get it into the silo. Then it was miller time, and none too soon. You never knew whether Mother Nature was going to be friendly in a given year. Backs were sore. Farming was hard work. Today, it's the fun part. When it comes to hemp, Margaret's Law is all the more in play. Not only is a farm enterprise wise to turn its raw harvest into final product, but the enterprise itself is part of the very first expansion team that's creating and defining the markets themselves. The farming year never ends anymore, Margaret said on the day she revealed her law to me. If you're in it for the long haul, you can't just grow it. You have to sell it. We hemp purveyors, in other words, have the extra job of letting 99.5% of the population know that our product even exists. Fewer than 0.5% of U.S. households had a hemp product in them in 2017 when hemp seed retail giant Manitoba Harvest 
examined grocery and box store sales, according to Sean Crew, former president and CEO of Hemp Oil Canada, which has since merged with Manitoba Harvest. The length of the digital age farming year is difficult to grasp, even for many multi-generational farming families, perhaps more so than for new farmers. I know this because I believe my inability to sufficiently convey it was the key factor in the dissolution of my original 2016 Vermont partnership. John Williamson, 57, was one of the best farmers I'd ever met. I probably learned more about the metrics of large acreage farming from my collaboration with him than I have from any other human before or since. Along with a third family of good folks and fine farmers, Robin Alberti, Ken Manfredi, and Clan, we planted 23 acres together on his third-generation farm outside Bennington. John understood soil and processed biofuel in his barn, so our combine harvest was petroleum-free. At planting time, he even welded a roller extension onto our sowing rig so that seed oil contact would be sufficient for germination every place we dropped seeds. I've carried innumerable lessons like that one into my ensuing hemp projects and taught them to others, from new partners to academics to consulting clients. The guy was just a quality human being. Our 2016 harvest remains a benchmark for beauty and productivity. We brought in 1,000 pounds of seed per acre on our most productive fields with that 31% protein in the seed meal and a lovely terpene-rich flower harvest to boot. John had been willing to test the hemp waters because the low prices his alfalfa crops were demanding made it barely worth planting anymore. But as crappy as the associated dairy feed market was and is in Vermont, at least he used to get something come October. Enough for popcorn, maybe enough to build a barn extension. So when I told him that not only would we not immediately be paid the moment the combine had deposited our bounty of seed and flour in various silos and storage bins, but that additional time, funds, and equipment were needed for months, perhaps years, he was out before the following spring. Alfalfa prices might not be tenable, but zip is a scary number to absorb for someone who's just burned rubber for eight months. The idea of creating a product that we would have to store and peddle was anathema to him. When things first came to a head, I was puzzled. I thought I had explained to the initial Vermont team that multi-year endurance was a prerequisite, that markets were so immature that we basically had to describe at trade shows, farmers markets, and food co-ops what we were even offering. Evidently, I hadn't explained clearly enough. In retrospect, I suppose I had dangled the possibility that wholesale prices could be high enough to justify selling our seed and flour right at harvest the way John had always sold his alfalfa and other crops. Come harvest, I realized our best play was to combine the seed and flour into a value-added massage and bath oil. Part of me wishes there had been a functioning wholesale market for that first harvest in Vermont, but even though it cost us that partnership, on balance, I'm glad that I had to learn the lesson because I'm very proud of the product that resulted. I was forced to listen to Dolly Parton, and I think that a fine farm-to-table offering has resulted. At the time, though, there were some tense moments when I realized that the well-now-our-work-is-really-beginning message wasn't getting through to a lifelong farmer. 
A year or three is a long time to ask someone not to deposit a check. This is when things get real. This is when partners forget previous conversations because, say, an aunt needs a medical procedure or a transmission is just dropped off in the middle of a cow patty. All I can suggest is that you try to be as prepared as possible for the reality of early hemp multitasking. Draw up a multi-year budget and try to stick to it and recognize that you can't just harvest a crop. You can't just create a cool product. You have to create a market for it. I keep seeing this early Vermont lesson repeated in my colleagues' enterprises. It comes down to choose your partners carefully and lay out expectations before you even create your entity. Janelle Ralph, founder of Palmetto Harmony, a CBD company in Conway, South Carolina, told me she turned down half a dozen partnership offers over the course of five years before saying yes to perhaps the world's most accomplished hemp entrepreneur, John Rulak founder of the California-based company Nutiva. After two decades spent engaged in the pleasantly solitary act of writing for a living, I find that the hardest part of the whole independent farming renaissance is dealing with other people. And I'm sure those other people can say the same of dealing with me. It's easy for me to see now that I share equal responsibility for the dissolution of that initial group. At the time, of course, knee-deep in empty bottles and disgruntled colleagues, I felt as if I were being abandoned. That was when, 3,000 miles away in Oregon's Emerald Triangle, my West Coast partner, Margaret Flewellen, laid the hard truth on me. Oh, you didn't hammer home that farming is year-round now, she asked? It's like teaching a new language. The more experienced a farmer is, the harder it is to convey. The old mode is in their blood. You can't just tell them once or three times. That was probably your mistake. I won't forget Margaret's law again. Margaret, 48, should know. After years as a medicinal cannabis provider, today she crafts her hemp products from her family's organ harvests. She's got ethanol processors for tincture, fancy giant screen computers for labels and web marketing, and she even owns her own cellophane rolling machine. She uses that to seal the hemp cartons for her line of Zenith CBD Hemperettes, a product aimed at helping folks kick tobacco. The Zoftic machine lives in the guest room where I sleep when I'm in field work. Margaret and her husband, Edgar Winters, this is not the rocker Edgar Winters of Frankenstein fame, though they are third cousins, and I have teamed up on genetic development and consulting. She passed her law on to me, so now I hope the message helps you. You are now and forevermore and entrepreneur. And hemp entrepreneurship is almost definitely going to require multi-year endurance before you see light at the end of the workload and revenue tunnels. As 68-year-old Edgar puts it, I work each day until I'm asleep on my feet. I lie down for a few hours, and then I get up and do it again. Doesn't matter if it's June or January, and I really don't see any other way. And when you're really ready to drop, this is when you get a call from someone wanting an hour of your time to ask you how it's done. A week off every now and then would be nice, but we'll sleep when we're dead is something of a mantra for Edgar, Margaret, my sweetheart, and me. And yet most of the time, you'll find me smiling and up for a swim. Strange. Some professional farmers who are used to selling a crop of any kind to wholesalers 
will make the entrepreneurial transition and some won't. They definitely are a high-risk group for quitting after one season, like silent film actors who weren't able to acquire the skill set necessary to survive in talkies. On the other hand, some of my hemp colleagues simply love the never-ending challenges. I'm having the time of my life, William Wild Bill Billings of Colorado Hemp Project told me the other day, and I think he was about 75% serious. The 69-year-old cell phone was in one year as usual as he closed another seed deal somewhere far away. Wild Bill, as everyone calls him from U.S. Jamaican ministers, was part of Colorado's first federally permitted hemp crop in 2014. Fiber from that harvest went into the insert included with the 25% hemp monograph I wrote about the 2014 hemp season called First Legal Harvest. Now Wild Bill has got his fingers in hundreds of acres all over the world. This is a guy who knows where his work gloves are. Hemp is his calling. It has to be. It's a new world, he told me. Farming is going to save us, but it's not your grandmother's farming. There is one connecting thread between today's farming and your grandmother's farming, fundamental one, the soil. As a producer, once the question evolves from only can I make a living to will my hemp enterprise also be of value to my community and the atmosphere, the answer begins exactly there, not in the lush green plants to come, but in the decisions you make underground long before the planting season even starts. Chapter 2, We're All Soil Farmers Now, Colville Tribal Land near Omak, Washington, 2017 through 2018. There's always as much below ground as above, mostly unknown microbes and invertebrates, perhaps a million species, including fungi that infuse into the roots of trees in partnership so tight it's hard to say where one organism leaves off and the other begins. Richard Powers, The Overstory. What goes on under the surface of your farm before you plant determines what springs forth from that ground. Simple as that. Your underground work is particularly vital if your soil, like much of the planet's farmland, isn't currently in tip-top shape. The first six inches below your feet are especially important, according to most soil experts, but this depth will vary by ecosystem. Hemp is grown on every continent except Antarctica and in every soil type, but no matter where you cultivate, if folks wind up opening, pouring, and enjoying a bottle of your superior hemp product, it's going to be because you took the time to work on your source soil. Soil is step one. Because every plant that grows outdoors lives in a soil home, making that home a pleasant and healthy one is a no-brainer. What is astounding is how quickly awareness of soil health primacy dropped in one century from 100% to maybe 1% among worldwide farmers if you measure the percentage of land cultivated organically since the better living through chemistry era began in the 1930s. 
even as repurposed nerve gas was starting to be used as insecticide and petroleum turned into nitrogen fertilizer. Plenty of top-level U.S. deciders were aware of the importance of healthy soil. The Dust Bowl brought Senate hearings on the subject, and President Roosevelt wrote state governors in 1937 saying, the nation that destroys its soil destroys itself. At the policy level, then-chief of the USDA's Bureau of Chemistry and Soils, Charles E. Kellogg, wrote in the department's Yearbook of Agriculture, 1938, there can be no life without soil and no soil without life. They have evolved together. Building soil is a step much of humanity's farming community has chosen to forget for a little while. Today, most farmers have adapted to a cultivation sequence that includes what Edgar Winters calls nuking the soil before planting a crop that is designed more than bread to survive in a nutritive wasteland. If you don't care about taste and maximum nutrition, that works for a little while until herbicide toxicity or superweeds creep in. Matt Bradford, a fifth-generation farmer in the American South, told me recently that under today's rules in our state, it's dang near impossible to certify a seed of any kind without using chemical herbicides. Yikes, carcinogens are not a control group. Seed quality, weather, water availability, markets, none of these matter until you take care of the largely invisible underground ecosystem. We might call ourselves wheat farmers, hemp farmers, or backyard gardeners. In actuality, we are all soil farmers now. With crop yield decreases across the food crop spectrum and across the planet, there are only folks who realize they're soil farmers and those who soon will. If you realize it, there is hope for your crop and our species. But you might be wondering where to start on, say, your cousin's Missouri back 20 that you're trying to save from becoming 10 units in another mixed subdivision. Let's assume this field has been recently planted with GMO, genetically modified organisms, soy, and associated inputs like Monsanto's glyphosate for a short while longer, the world's most widely used herbicide. What's the first soil building step? Mushroom hunting in Bigfoot country. Mushroom hunting. That was my job one mid-April day, 2018. A half dozen colleagues and I were foraging for white veins of mycelia on Colville tribal land east of the Cascades, under the guidance of a soil building expert named Chris Trump. We were investigating the possibility of supplementing the tribe's already intensive second season soil building effort by employing a technique called Korean natural farming, KNF, sometimes just shorthanded as natural farming. My hands were black with humus before lunch. The reason we were muddying ourselves was because Jackie Richter, the Colville Tribe's Hemp Project Coordinator knew that soil was a mission-critical step in the hemp year, launched the modern era of Native American hemp the previous season with 60 acres, and scaled up to 105 for 2018. Jackie had a track record of agricultural success with the tribe. She'd built seven-figure earning fruit orchard projects, even while running her family's trucking company, and, I noticed, making it to her son's baseball games. This is not a quitter. And she learned long before we met what it takes to make a commercial crop succeed. I had a very close view of her work ethic. I was lead consultant for the project for nearly three years. 
And when she was in the field, you would often find Jackie stooped over digging into the soil or gathering samples for nutrient testing. We've always had a holistic management plan for this project, she told me when I first introduced her to soil expert Chris Trump. After years of conventional farming, I know there's a lot of regrowth that needs to happen in this soil. Everybody on the core team of this first federally permitted Native American project was aware that soil health was the key area where the effort needed improvement. When the project launched on the banks of the Columbia River in 2017, anyone would call optimally robust soil. The finest stand of hemp from the 2017 debut crop by far had been a narrow several acre panel where the project's principal farmer had run his cows the previous year. In other words, the crop had grown best in the one place where there was a healthy dose of nitrogen, and that was just one nutrient in need of replenishment. So Jackie, who was working closely oh, with the regenerative soil building Thank expert, you putting up the bleed thing Wednesday today. Uh, see, I can't even get to my last track now. Uh, thanks for being here, folks. Uh, there it is. There it's gone. Oh, my. Whatever. <laughs> it's the way we did. It's all wacky. Okay, Wednesday for the long. Oh, now you guys are whispering. All of a sudden, I'll get you back in your life. Now people are like, yeah, I'm like, so be careful, be smart, be safe, educate, and we look forward to chatting at you next week with more Doug Fine and Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.